Hey, this is Pastor Sam, and thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What was that? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. When we read through this, this is Matthew 5. This is what a lot of people call the Beatitudes. When we read through this, let me ask you a question. Is this what we see from our nation right now? No, I don't think so. Is this what we see from our so-called leaders? I don't think so. Here's a harder question. This one hits home a little bit more. Is this what we see from our churches? Not really. Here's a harder question. This one hits home a little bit more. Is this what we see from ourselves? Is this what we see in our own lives? And, and you see, this is the thing. We've been, talking about, we've been talking about Jesus for president. We've been talking about the politics of Jesus. We've been talking about how, how Jesus came to establish a kingdom, and he established a kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is ever advancing. He said the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. It's growing. It's taking over. We see what the effects of Christendom has been just in the general, in, in history. But the problem is, is we've been talking about the specifics of, you know, this is what it looked like before, you know, we had kings, and then we had kings, and then this is what it looked like when we had kings. And, and then Jesus came, and, and he flipped the script, and we talked last week about how he turned everything upside down, and he started using political language to kind of stir the pot. It was almost intentionally subversive, and we talked about that last week. If you missed it, you can catch it on the podcast. But see, here's the problem is, is we still have yet to dive into how we can live it out. Am I right? And we see this disconnect. We see this huge disconnect among religious leaders in our culture. We see this huge disconnect among our, our politicians. We see this huge disconnect among our own selves and our own churches. And, and the problem is, is, is that blessed are the peacemakers, that blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the poor in spirit. It actually, we don't see it very often. And, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive into it this morning. Will you guys pray with me real quick? Father, we, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that your spirit is here. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to ask you to show up. We know that you're always here, but we thank you that this morning you've already made us more aware of you. And so this morning as we dig into your word and as, as, we, as we discuss this idea of living in the kingdom, God, I pray that you would just illuminate the things to us that need to be illuminated. God, we invite you to, we invite you to do some work inside of us this morning. And we invite you to change us on a soul level. 
God, we know it might be uncomfortable, but we, we open ourselves up to you this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So to talk about, before we get into Matthew 5, I actually wanted to talk about a verse in Mark chapter 12 first to kind of set the tone and kind of set, set the, the, I guess, the tone. That's a good word for it. Um, to kind of set the tone this morning for you guys. And see, the problem is, is I think that we have this disconnect. We see this huge disconnect between this is what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, and then, and then we see kind of what is elevated in culture. We see what is elevated in our churches. We see what's elevated in our own lives. And it doesn't totally match up. And I would suggest that it's an allegiance problem. I would suggest that what we have is an allegiance problem. What we're going to do is we're going to jump into Mark 12. But before we do that, I want to kind of set the stage for what's going on here because we can't read through the whole passage. But essentially what happens is we have Jesus. You know, this is one of the gospels. This is a story about Jesus. The religious leaders come to Jesus and they decide that they're going to trick him. And and essentially what they're going to do is they're going to make him pick sides. So the question that they pose to Jesus is, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Seems like a pretty simple question until we understand the context. You see, Rome had come in and they had invaded Israel and they had taken over Israel and now they were in charge of Israel, even though it was Israel's land and it was, they had come over and they, they'd taken something that wasn't rightfully theirs. But through a show of power and, and, and might, they came over and they, they conquered Israel and now Israel has to pay the Roman government taxes. That sucks, right? Taxes are terrible, right? Um, and, and so they're in this situation where if Jesus says, yes, you have to pay taxes to Caesar, he immediately gets labeled as a sellout to everybody that's following him. All of the Jews that are following him that think he's going to be the guy, they think he's going to be the Messiah, immediately they're like, ah, this guy, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He said we have to pay taxes to Rome. He's on Rome's side, right? And then the other side of the coin literally. Um, The other side of the coin is this. If Jesus says, no, you don't have to pay taxes to Rome, he is immediately labeled a dangerous revolutionary and probably killed by the Roman government. Okay? So we've got this, we've got this rock in a hard place. And the religious leaders, they don't like Jesus. And so they come to Jesus and they say, hey, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And they immediately put Jesus, you know one of those situations where like, you can't say the right thing? You know what I'm talking about? Like you say the thing that you think is going to be the right thing, and then it's just, you say it, and then you're like, oh my gosh, that was the worst thing I could have said right now. They put Jesus in one of these situations. Nothing that he says is going to be a good scenario. He has to pick a side. It's either you're on this team or you're on that team. Does that sound familiar? in this political season? You're either on this team or you're on that team. And those are your only two options, Jesus. So which one are you going to choose? And so Jesus asks for a coin. You guys will notice that there are like pennies sitting. You might've sat on it at this point, but there are pennies in every, every row. It's funny because when I was laying them out this morning, um, Don came up to me and he was like, hey, did you check your collection to see if if, uh, which, by the way, it's not a collection. It's just random change I had laying around. But he said, did you check your collection to see if one of those rare, 19, very valuable 1943 pennies are in there? I was like, not at all. So one of you guys might be sitting on a gold mine today. This is, who knows? You never know when we're going to be handing out rare pennies here at Central Church. But 
it's, it's hilarious because uh, little Emery, Jeff's little girl, before the service ran in and she's like, immediately, she's like, this is my time, you know, and she goes and she's like collecting all of them. But, but I want you guys to take this coin real quick. He asks for a coin. And Mark 12, 16 through 17, it says, when they handed it to him, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Now, if we take this passage and we condense it down to this is Jesus telling us we should pay our taxes, we completely miss the point. If we take this passage and we boil it down to a passage about money, we are missing the point completely. And the reason for that is because of the word that Jesus, is used, that Jesus uses. When we see this and he says picture, that word picture, it was actually a Greek word that was written down in Mark. And, and when Mark wrote the word icon, it's E-I-K-O-N, what it actually means, directly translated, is image. So Jesus asks them whose image is on the coin. This word image is also used when Paul says that Christ is the image of the invisible God. That image word is icon. Now Genesis, Genesis wasn't written in Greek, it was written in Hebrew, but if it was written in Greek, I could imagine that Genesis 1 would go something like when it says that God made mankind in his image they would have used this word icon. We get our word icon from their word icon, but it's just spelled a little bit differently. Are you guys tracking with me here? So Jesus asks for a coin and he says, well, whose who's image is on the coin? And they look at it and they say, well, Abe Lincoln. No, they say, hey, it's Caesar's. And Jesus says, okay. Well then give to, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and then I can almost imagine Jesus pointing to every person standing there and saying, but give to God the things that are his. See, we are created in the image of God. Just like the coin is created in the image of Caesar, we are created in the image of God. What Jesus is saying goes so much deeper than money here. He says, whose image is on the coin? Caesar's. Okay, give that to him. Whose image is on you? Who do you belong to? This coin, it belongs to Caesar. That's fine. Give it to Caesar's. Whose image are you made in? And then he says, give to God the things that are his. You weren't created to belong to the empire. You weren't created to belong to the government. And it's so easy for us to get caught up and identify with political parties or even with our nation. There's, you know, it's easy to be nationalistic and, and patriotic, and those things to an extent are good. But the thing that we forget, especially in political seasons like this, when everybody's taking sides, you are not a Republican. You are not a Republican. You are a Christ follower. You are not a Democrat. You are not a Democrat. You are a Christ follower. 
And sure, maybe there might be aspects of different platforms that you may like or may agree with or, or maybe disagree with, or maybe you take some of it and you leave some of it. But Jesus says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Give to the empire the things that are the empire's, and that's fine. But give to God the things that are his. First and foremost, you belong to the kingdom. You are not an American before you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Paul talks about our citizenship being in heaven in Philippians. And so that kind of sets the stage. Because then what Matthew, or what, what Matthew writes, Matthew 4, before we jump into Matthew 5, Matthew 4, what Matthew does is really interesting. I, like, I don't normally like to read from the message, but it's really easy, easy to understand. And so sometimes I'll, I'll dig into that and see kind of how Eugene Peterson worded it. I like Eugene Peterson a lot, but... When you read Matthew 4, I love it because there are like three different instances where Eugene Peterson just comes right out and says, Jesus started his ministry and walked around talking about the kingdom of God. Doesn't mince words at all. He says, Jesus went around and said, repent because the kingdom is here. And so right off the get-go, Matthew 4, Matthew says, Jesus starts his ministry and then he talks about the kingdom And Matthew sets the tone right away and says, this is what Jesus was about. Now, it is not a coincidence that Jesus' first recorded teaching in Matthew is what we call the Beatitudes. Because when Jesus was walking around and setting the tone and saying, I'm here to proclaim the kingdom. I am here to tell you about this new thing that's going on in the world that you're a part of. He goes right into this teaching. And so what I like to do, I like to call this the constitution of the kingdom, if you will, if you guys are with me. So we're going to go ahead and jump into a few different things here. And it's funny because it's, it's such a stark difference from the empire. When you read through it, you go, whoa, that's so, that's literally the opposite. And it's really, really awesome. So Matthew 5, 5 is where we're going to start. We're only going to get into a couple of these today because there's just so much content. I, I, would, I could keep you guys here for three hours, but I'd love it. You'd probably hate it, and um, that, that's that. So Matthew 5, verse 5, Jesus says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who put others above themselves. God blesses those who put others before their agendas. God blesses those who know when to shut their mouth. Amen? That one's hard. See, listen. When it says God blesses those who are humble, I I remember this verse in Proverbs where it says that God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And Jesus is saying, hey, I don't know if y'all forgot, but, but God opposes the proud. So when we're trying to look like Rome, when we're trying to look like the empire, when we're trying, you know, you want me to come in and take over? That, that's not how this whole thing works. See, God opposes the proud but he lifts the humble up. He gives favor to the humble. And you notice it says that they will inherit the whole earth. That word inherit is interesting because you don't earn it. You don't win it. 
You don't fight for it or compete for it. See, do we really believe that God has the whole world in his hands? Jesus says, God blesses those who are humble, for God will give them the whole earth. Jesus says the way up is down. And so he encourages us to be humble. He says, if you're living in this kingdom and you're advancing the kingdom of God, God shows favor to the ones that are humble. That's a shot to the gut here in this election season, right? <laughs> Man, this, is, this, this message is just super convicting to me the whole time. Um, Matthew 5, 6. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Now, if you guys noticed, the first time we read through it, I read through it in the NIV, New International Version. And in the NIV, it says... God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the first time when I read through this and I went, oh, New Living Translation says God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. That's different. And it's funny because I started digging into it because you would think righteousness and justice are two different things, right? You would think so. But see, the problem is, is our definition of justice is not God's definition of justice. The way that we use the word justice is we use the word justice to say the bad people get what's coming to them, right? We use justice as like a law and order type thing, right? We use justice as like a, hey, justice means you get what's coming to you, but, but it's not. And you see, the reason that the New Living Translation uses the word justice here instead of righteousness is because it's, it's almost the exact same word. In the Greek, it's like the same exact idea. And so one translation might say righteousness, but the other translation might say justice. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what is the righteousness of God? The righteousness of God is God coming down to our level and elevating us to his level. That's not something that we deserve. That's not people getting what they deserve. That is God making things right. Do you see the difference? And so when we think of justice, we think of people getting what they deserve, but that's not how God works. To God, justice means equality. To God, justice means things being put back into their right place. And so Jesus says, blessed are those who crave justice, who hunger and thirst for justice. Blessed are those who desire to see things made right in the world. Blessed are those who desire to see things made equal and fair and good. And where there's any injustice that has been done, that we seek to make things right. God blesses those people. And the second part of that, the second part of that verse, where he says, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who crave justice. Blessed are those who are so hungry and thirsty for justice because when you crave justice, God will see it through. 
When you desire justice, God will use you. It's a promise from Jesus himself. God will use you to make things right. And if you crave justice, you will always be satisfied because that's what God's doing. Amen? And so when we talk about hungering and thirsting for righteousness or for justice, what we really talk about is following God's example of reaching down to the poor and the powerless and those who are marginalized and those who are persecuted and those who are pushed down by society and elevating them to our level. That is what the kingdom is about. Matthew 5, 9. Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. See, there were, there were two opposing forces at the time, as I'd already mentioned. There was Rome, and then there was Israel. And Rome had overtaken Israel, and so obviously the Israeli people expected Jesus coming as Messiah. He literally called himself the chosen one, the one anointed to be king. So when Jesus starts using this language, like we talked about last week, they go, oh, oh, okay, so you're the one that's going to go kill Caesar. You're the one that's going to overthrow the Roman government, and you're the one that's going to bring everything back to where it should be you know, Israel on top. (laughs) But then Jesus says, blessed are those who work for peace. And it's funny because there are multiple times in Matthew when Jesus says these sort of things and Matthew drops these little lines like everyone there was super confused. (laughs) Because nobody got it. I, I think about I think about this, when I read this, blessed are those who work for peace, I think about this Facebook conversation I got in a couple weeks ago. It was, it was brutal, guys, I'm telling you. Um, so, so essentially the rundown is, I, I don't remember the guy's name, honestly. It was a guy I didn't know, which makes it even better, right? Um, I, let's, let's just call him Edward. I don't think that was his name, but let's just call him Edward because it's a cool name and whatever. Um, and, and you know what happened was I was on Facebook. I'm just scrolling, right? I don't really get on Facebook that much anymore, but I was on Facebook, mistake number one. Um, mistake number two, I see something that Edward posts, and it really ticks me off. Like, I get really genuinely angry. And I'm like, you know what? This guy needs to be told the truth. <laughs> right? This guy, you know what? God bless him, you know, I I love him to pieces, but this dude is straight up wrong. I need to say something. I need to step in here and tell him. I need to give him the what for, you know what I mean? So I do. With, With a lot of sarcastic venom. A lot. It was bad, it was really bad. But I comment, and I and I leave this super sarcastic comment, and then he comments back at me. And dude just goes off the chain. Like, literally in the same comment, I got called self-righteous. I got called uh, brainwashed. I got called a lot of names that I can't repeat here in church. Um, and, and so then when I see the comment back, immediately I'm like, whoa, this got super out of hand. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it back to him. You know what I mean, Right? And so we go back and forth, probably seven, eight comments. 
And then I'm like, you know what? I don't even know this guy. Let me go to his Facebook profile. Let me see what he's about, right? And I go click on this guy, and he's posting about this church that he serves at. And he lives in the area, and we have mutual friends that are Christians that I love and respect. And immediately in my head pops up, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. So I go back to the comment thread, and I just say, hey, Edward, man, I know that you're probably not in your best self when you're arguing on Facebook, because I'm not either, and I just wanted to say I love you, man. I don't even know you, but I'm sure if we hung out and we weren't talking about politics or something stupid, that we'd probably really get along. I'm sure you're an awesome dude, and I just don't want to have this fight anymore. And, and, it came, and guess what came back? I'm sure I love you too, man. My bad. I said a lot of things I didn't even really mean. My fault. It's all good. Let's just move on. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Right? It goes from like literally calling somebody out on their integrity to like, hey, you know, I'm sure I love you too. It's all good. It's fine. We're good. We're friends. We're pals. We're buds. Right? But that's what happens. And see, when, we, when we're given this, like, are you with Rome or are you with Israel? Are you with the stinking liberals or are you with those dumb conservatives? You know what I mean? Which side are you on? You got to pick sides. You got you to, and we all, it feels good to be in the club, you know? It feels good to, like, feel like you got people that are around you that are like, yeah, you tell them. Tell them how wrong they are. But when they say, hey, Jesus, what's up with all this Messiah talk that you're giving? When are you going to just overthrow Rome and get all this over with? You know Rome's the worst, right? Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace. And that phrase, children of God, they will be called children of God. Get this. It wasn't just, Jesus didn't just come up with it on the spot. That phrase, children of God, was kind of an idiom that people would use to mean someone who represents God or someone who does God's work in the world, someone who is on God's team. It means that you belong to the kingdom. Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace. When people see the peace that they're creating in the world, they will say that person works with God. And you see, God's work in the world, as we had talked about a few weeks ago, is reconciliation, right? And God's work in the world is, is peacemaking, right? And God's work in the world is taking, taking the places that are uneven and are unfair and that are wrong and, and making things right. And so when we talk about living in the kingdom, we're talking about doing these things, We're talking about being humble. We're talking about craving justice. We're talking about working for peace. And you notice he says working because sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes when you're the peacemaker, you're the one that gets caught in the middle. Sometimes when you're the peacemaker, you're the one that gets caught in the crossfire. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's not easy. 
But Jesus says, blessed are those who will fight and work and strive for peace because they are doing the work of God in the world. Now, this is kind of a litmus test for us. When we read through the Beatitudes, and I would encourage you guys, read through Matthew 5, that first part of Matthew 5, this week, over and over and over again, and ask yourself, where am I measuring up? Where, where am I falling short? Where am I not really hitting the mark? You see, I would contend that if, if we desire to push our political agenda before we desire to make peace, then our allegiance lies with the empire. Our allegiance lies with the government, whether we like to admit it or not. See, if we desire to side with a political party before we desire to be humble, then our allegiance, whether we like it or not, lies with the empire, lies with the government. But see, there's a kingdom that's ever advancing. And my question to you this morning is, where's your hope? What is your hope in? Because, see, if Jesus knew that empire was the way to change the world, if Jesus knew that government was the way to change the world, he would have come as a politician, right? If Jesus thought that America was the thing that was gonna change the world, he would have come as the president, amen? If Jesus thought that war and violence was the way to change the world, he would have come as a conquering king. But he didn't. And so what Jesus says is, you want to change the world? Do you really want to change the world? Live the kingdom. Your citizenship is in heaven. Give to God what is God's. That's why we have these signs, and if you guys haven't seen them yet, or you, you, we're still selling them out at the Welcome Center, but it says, you only vote once in a while, but you change the world every day. Because what Jesus says here in the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus says with all of his teaching is that it's not empire, it's not government, it's not legislation, it's not lawmaking, it's not politicians. Those things don't change anything. We get so ramped up about this stuff and then four years from now, it's gonna be the same old junk, right? Some of y'all have been around long enough, you've seen too many election cycles where nothing's changed and you're saying, man, maybe it's this guy, maybe it's this girl, maybe... Jesus says, do you really wanna change the world? Like, are you serious about it? You don't wanna just keep deflecting it and pushing it off to something else or somebody else. You take responsibility. The kingdom is now. You are a citizen of it. Live like it. You change the world every day. And so what I wanna encourage you guys to do, if you guys still have those pennies, is I want you to keep this. I know one whole cent, you're so rich now, right? One of you might have the 43 penny and then you're really rich, so. Um, I want you guys to take this penny and put it somewhere where you're gonna see it every single day, okay? And I want you to put it face up so that Honest Abe is staring you right in the eye. <laughs> and when you see it, 
I want you to tell yourself, give to God the things that are his. Give to God the things that are his. Jesus says, whose image is on the coin? Caesar's, fine, give it to him. Whose image is on you? Give to God the things that are his. God blesses the humble. He blesses those who crave justice. He blesses the peacemakers. Those are the people that are a part of the family of God. Give to God the things that are his. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna sing a couple songs in response. And if you guys are doing some inventory right now and you're saying, man, that one hit me between the eyes. (laughs) It hit me between the eyes this week. You're not alone. But maybe you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, lately I really suck at being humble. Looks like I might have kind of sided with the empire. That's okay. You can turn around. You can, you can be different today and tomorrow and the next day. Maybe you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, you know what? I really don't crave justice. If I'm honest, I don't care about things being made right. Maybe you sided with the empire. And it's okay. You can turn around. And tomorrow you can be different. And the next day. Maybe, as I was explaining my Facebook conversations, (laughs) a million other Facebook conversations that you have had in the last couple months came to mind. Maybe it's not Facebook. Maybe it's with your families. Maybe you won't even talk to that one relative because they see things so different than you. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe you're having a hard time with a friendship because, man, they just, see, they just see politics so different. How dumb is that? Be a peacemaker. Maybe you're evaluating yourself and you're saying, man, I, I've been really having a hard time just making peace. Maybe you've sided with the empire a little bit. That's okay. You're a citizen of heaven. You can be different. You only vote once in a while, but you change the world every day. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, we just, we come to you this morning absolutely blown away by your love and your grace and your acceptance. And, and God, I thank you so much for speaking this morning. Lord, we thank you for the truth that you have given to us through who you are and through the scriptures. And God, we pray this morning as we do some inventory and maybe as we dig up some stuff that's uncomfortable or hard for us to see and hear and deal with, Lord, I pray that you would just comfort us. God, we thank you that we know that we belong to the kingdom. We thank you that we know that your image is imprinted on us, that we are created in it. And God, we just desire to lay ourselves at your feet right now and give to God the things that are his. Lord, we want to change the world. God, we want to be a church full of people that are committed to following the kingdom, to advancing the kingdom, to following King Jesus and seeing your name lifted high, not through politics, not through legislation, not through wars, not through violence, but through the kingdom. And God, we thank you that you have given us the ability to be a part of it. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said.
Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, challenged you, and that you experience true life change. Make sure you head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. 